guys, welcome to episode 69 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, editor-in-chief at FanBolt.com. I am Matt Rodriguez, the owner-in-chief editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney of last one to leave with theater.com and ATLCW.TV. And we have a we have a, a fun show this week. We're all getting ready for Dragon Con, and mm-hmm. that's just a week away. So um, well, we should have a fun. It's a fun show every week. It is a fun show every week, but it's like I don't know. It's like when Dragon Con's getting closer. It's kind of like when you're a little kid and Christmas is getting closer. You're getting really <laughs> excited, but you're also in like panic mode because like half of your costumes haven't shown up yet, and you're like, yeah. you don't want to be the one that like fails everyone. Um, Have we announced guys... what we're doing yet? On no, sh- to the should to we the general? should we? I don't know. Should we? I don't know. Do we? <laughs> well, I think we should announce that I'm actually participating this year. So, yay, and Mike, <laughs> and Mike. Um, what the heck? Let's go ahead and tease it. That way, people know what to look forward to. Yes. Um, so we have a, a sizable group of people that will all be cosplaying as the cast of Gilmore Girls. And uh, this is in large part my doing because everyone was really sweet and agreed to it when I asked. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you guys. You're um, welcome. But we Mike. should have, uh, and Mike, Mike will be cosplaying as Taylor Dosey. So um, I think that's, it's, you're going to be a really good Taylor Dosey. I hope so. I've got my, uh, my Dosey Market um, green grocer apron. So I'm basically ready to go. I just have to paint it. I gotta paint the Dosi's Market. Actually, I'm not painting it. My friend Danielle is gonna paint it because you don't want my type of handwriting on it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Um, but aside from that, um, we'll we'll leave who's playing who up to uh, up to your imagination, and then you can come track us down at Dragon Con. I think we're gonna be doing this on Sunday, September third. Um, so that evening at Dragon Con, and I'm still trying to. Uh, I think our friend uh, Ming Chen from Comic Book Men has agreed to partake in this. Um, I need to conf- <laughs> I need to confirm that. Um, but if that's if, the case, if you're it's listening, be extra li- awesome. listening, Ming, you're already in. <laughs> you can't say no now. It's already I been know, confirmed on the podcast. Exactly, exactly. It's been announced. Um, but I'm actually doing another podcast here in a couple of hours, kind of talking about what Dragon Con is and what people can look forward to with it, um, which is probably a thing that Dan Carroll answers best. And we had him on the, the podcast last year, kind of talking about the convention and all it is. Um, but I got asked to talk about it from a fan's perspective. So um, I'm going to run through a couple of the, the questions that they sent me that I'm going to be answering on their podcast um, just to kind of give people an overview of what Dragon Con is if you're not familiar with it or if you haven't been. Um, It's kind of funny because some of these questions I think uh, represent people that have no idea what Dragon Con is. Um, Like one of the questions is, is it really just a bunch of weirdos and sci-fi nerds? Um, So, no. That's like, that question's from like (laughs) 10 years ago, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, I mean, when I tell people about Dragon Con, I basically say it's like a a four-day Halloween party where you're yeah, you're celebrating the the fandoms that you love and the the movies and TV shows that you love, but it's really just more of a party. It's really this convention is really all about the fans. Yes, there are celebrities there, there are panels, um, there's a pretty impressive merch floor, but really it's just about 
connecting with friends and making new friends and celebrating for a whole weekend. Um, how would you guys describe it? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, just come and check out all the amazing costumes. Because, I mean, Dragon Con is definitely one of the biggest in the country when it comes to cosplay. And just people really go all out for it. So that's one of the that's one of the my the my things that I like to do and just watch. Yeah, it's I also, definitely agree. It's also ahead, the um, it's also uh, it's so diverse. There's so many different uh, whatever you like, whatever even like uh, if you're a science nerd. I mean, they have NASA uh, scientists come to Dragon Con. There's astronomy. Um, there's all, uh, just amazing amount of stuff. So whatever you're really into, it, there's almost guaranteed there's going to be some sort of panel. If you're, you're into the old um, Hammer films from the 60s and 70s, there's always panels on the Hammer films and stuff like that. It's just that's what I love about it. It's just so diverse, and you can find something that will interest you. I guarantee it. Yeah, there really is um, just everything. I mean, there's even tech panels. So they didn't ask us to be on the how how do you start a podcast um, panel, which I don't know why they didn't ask us. I feel like we should all be on it. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, there's even they? panels like that. <laughs> um, so it's not just um, sci-fi and celebrity focused. Um, there really is truly something for everyone. I mean, there's there's, up- there's wrestling. There's robots that are fighting each other. I mean, it's. I mean, there's so many different things. There's. There's gonna. This year, uh, Dragon Con's really expanding their gaming area because uh, they're now Dragon Con and Momocon are now uh, connected, and Momocon's known for their gaming, and so they're expanding their gaming incredibly. They're even gonna have esports there, and there's gonna be an esports tournament. They're actually giving a cash prize on. Oh, that's cool. Do yeah. you know what the ca- the cash prize is? is it I, I don't remember what it is, but I, I think it's pretty sizable. Nice, nice. Yeah. That seems to be something that I'm seeing more and more of, too, is uh, gaming conventions. Uh, they actually, there was a board game convention, I think it was last weekend, um, that wanted us to come out and do the podcast there. But since I was in Boston for Walker Stalker, I, I had to tell them no. But oh. um there's literally conventions for everything, and I think Dragon Con is a really good um, example of one that there truly is something for, for everything. I was trying to pull up the the track listing for all the different tracks. Um, art show programming, Brit track, comics and pop art, costuming, uh, fantasy literature, film festival and film track, horror, um, military sci-fi media, paranormal podcasting, puppetry, uh, the robotics, uh, the skeptics track, tabletop gaming, video games, writers track, young adult literature. There, it's really it's pretty extensive, and um, obviously the best panels are going to be Friday and Saturday night at seven o'clock, and um, specifically <laughs> Saturday with with me yes. and Matt doing that. So um, please come out to the Walking Dead panels. Um, but aside from that, it really. I definitely agree. It's it's all about um, just the fans and the costumes and everything that goes into it. Um, and then you also got the parade, which, by the way, my station, CW69 here in Atlanta, is broadcasting live the parade on Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Um, and it also will be live streamed on our website. Um, so if you're from out of town and you want to see what Dragon Con's about, all the different costumes, you can... Look at the live stream on on my uh, uh, station's website. 
Nice. Um, and that's that's awesome to go to because or t- to watch because if you actually want to go to the parade and get a decent seat, you have to get there pretty early. We're talking like 6 a.m., between like 6 and 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. And if you're out late on Friday night, which all of us will be, that's going to really <laughs> suck. So I will be watching it from my TV um, while eating waffles on Saturday morning. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of streaming, isn't the, I think one of the new things DragonCon is doing this year is their DragonCon TV, their streaming service. So even if you're not here um, in Atlanta for the convention, you can you purchase a streaming uh, streaming service and watch a bunch of the panels you can watch the parade it's all online so definitely check that out yeah you can uh find information out about that at their website and it's i know all of the uh the bigger panels are definitely going to be streamed but i'm not sure um where that cutoff is between yeah. like the 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 ones that will be broadcast and the ones that won't yeah um, i think they're gonna release like within the next week what like their streaming schedule is going to be so so be on the lookout for that i hope so because it starts in a week so i hope yeah. they announce it in the next week um but um i guess one of the other questions i want to ask you guys um one of the ones on here for me is what can you expect to spend um which kind of i think brings up an an interesting question of what's the coolest thing you've ever purchased at a convention have you guys gotten any kind of like cool memorabilia that you've you've bought at a convention oh god i don't see like i'm relatively new to the convention circuit you know last last year was the first dragon con i like officially went to i would say like i i'd gone in the past but like i didn't really do anything previously so like last year was really the first time i went and actually got to experience like the core of Dragon Con. And then, you know, this year was the first time I'd ever gone to Comic Con. So I would say I'm pretty pretty new to this. So like I don't think I remember buying anything last year at Dragon Con. Um Do you do you buy anything at like, Comic Con? Did I buy anything at Comic Con? I don't recall you buying I anything. I, I don't think I bought anything at Comic Con. No. I um, I'm not I, a big spender. In like the vendor areas and stuff like that. Now, what I've so, done, what I do normally each year is I get either a photograph or an autograph of one of the stars. Um, you know, you have to all these autographs and all these photographs you have to pay for. If you want to photograph with one of the stars, you got to set it up way ahead of time. Um, and um, if you're looking to get an autograph, autographs can cost anywhere between. 25 to 60 dollars um same thing for the photographs um although some photographs are even higher especially if you want to do it with like two stars of like buffy um but uh uh, that's what i usually do spend my money on is usually i buy an autograph or and the cool thing with the the, at dragon con is they have what's called the hall of fame and that's where all the stars hang out to sign autographs and you don't have to pay anything to get in there, although you have to have a DragonCon badge. But you don't have to pay anything to get in there, so you can go around and look at all these stars. Um, now, if you want to get an autograph, you've got to pay. Um, and just know that in advance that it's going to cost you some money. Uh, but I, I usually buy, I usually get one autograph or a photograph um, every year. I think there's, um, I think 60 still, for you saying is the top range, is still kind of low. I know... Um 
William Shatner, I think, charges well, yeah. over a hundred. I think. Yeah. Um, no, Shat- Shatner, like the superstars, like Shatner and Patrick Stewart, um, they're going to charge more. Um, Nathan, I know Nathan Fillon to get a photograph of Nathan Fillon. It caught it's a hundred bucks. Um, yeah. I got I got one with him last year because uh, for the con man. Oh yeah, was, that's he right. He was part of that, and that didn't cost yeah. me anything. That's because you were interviewing him. <laughs> yeah, that's a little different. That's with press. And... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten a lot of cool stuff at conventions over the years. And it, it was just, uh, I think, Matt, you were the one that reminded me about that purse. Somebody reminded me about a, a purse that I yeah. tried to buy at Comic-Con and then couldn't and then went on Etsy and bought it. And it should be here by Halloween. Um, so when I get that, I'm going to kind of count that because it's like a handmade um, leather purse for Wonder Woman. But it's very like um, very old school style. It looks really, really cool. So um, there's kind of stuff like that, like that you can get that kind of down. It's like subtle nerdy. Which I love. I love the subtle nerdy to yeah. where you actually gotta like really know your stuff to like pick up on it. And yeah. um, um, that's what I like about like the shirts. Like I've seen a lot more shirts in recent years that are like the subtle nerdy, as you put it, Emma. Where it's like, okay, this could pass off as like just a normal, cool shirt to exactly. the general public. But like if you are actually a fandom of whatever it is, they will instantly recognize. Be like, oh my god, it's from that show or that game or that movie or whatever and it's like it makes it all the more special i think exactly i totally agree i totally agree um that being said there is tons of like in your face nerdy stuff you can buy too um like tons of pop finals and all of that kind of fun stuff too so pop um, finals have really taken the world by storm oh my god they have they are i kind of I kind of wonder what the longevity of pop finals are because I think you could compare them in a way to Beanie Babies, although I don't <laughs> think they're they don't have quite the the craziness around them because they don't really retire certain ones. You have limited edition pop finals, but um, to my knowledge, the ones that are not limited edition are not being retired um, as you had with like the different series of Beanie Babies. So yeah. I kind of wonder like the the longevity. Um, collectible element to this like how long are we going to be talking about pop finals and like freaking out whenever you know our favorite tv show or our favorite movie or even ming chen he ha- he now has a pop final that just came out that i'm like really really stoked about getting um so yeah. just i don't know how long do you guys think that'll last i mean i i think it'll definitely outperform beanie babies like those things died pretty quickly and like those things are nowhere near worth what collectors thought they would be but i could i could see pop vinyls you know becoming like i think they have retired some i think yeah. like they've put them in a vault or they've done some because i mean like i've seen at conventions like at dragon con last year i saw some pop vinyls that were like supposedly super rare and like you know selling for like i think one of them was like 200 i forget which one it was but it was like oh, wow. 200 dollars. i was like why is this pop vinyl worth $200? Granted, well, it was um, still on sale, so nobody had actually bought it yet. So. <laughs> well, I think that's the thing with anything collectible, right? Like, yeah. I literally just uh, Googled Beanie Babies, and this one that I'm positive I have, which is this, like, bear, this tie-dyed bear with a peace symbol on it, this site is selling for $10,000. Um, which, which is great, but, like... Um, it's great if they can sell it. <laughs> 
yeah, like if, like if someone's gonna pay ten thousand dollars for this beanie baby, like I, I don't, I don't know. Actually, there's several on here that I have that are worth several mm-hmm. thousand dollars that I'm sure I would not be able to find anyone. Yeah, it's like, only worth do- what somebody will pay for it. Well, exactly. it's, it's like, and it's like comic books where they they kind of go up and down. Um, you know, depending on, you know, for instance, depending on whether movies that are based on the comic books are successful or not. Yeah. Um, so, like, like right now, uh, um, the the hot stuff is, um, like, Luke Cage um, are very, very hot. And, uh, you know, 10 years ago, nobody was buying Luke Cage uh, stuff. And now it's it's highly, highly collectible. So, it's, it, it, I think the, with, with, with the pop stuff it's gonna be it'll go up and go down um but i they put out so many of them that's the amazing part to me is that i, I how much is it costing for them to manufacture because there's so many of them now so I many mean, different yeah. ones i mean they must have like their manufacturing system down to where they can just do a shell and then well you know, i mean do it, like it, a, right it is it is a very i mean they use the same basis for everything yeah. so um, Except for the, like, there are a couple that are, you know, different and, right. you know, like they have the massive ones. and Right. Yeah, and they, I mean, and like, like, or like the, 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 I saw one that just came out, uh, Harry Potter um, is riding um, the broom. And that's a really cool yeah. one because he's actually, he's suspended in the air uh, riding the broom. And that's a pretty cool one. And see, and I feel like those are going to be the more collectible ones, the, the variants, as you would call them. You know, the ones that aren't the standard pop vinyl shell. Well, I have a, I have a friend here at work that um, is a big, was a big collector of pop vinyl, and he's recently uh, stopped doing it. Um, and it's, a lot of it was just the hassle of um, trying to get other people to buy his stuff and then also trying to buy some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he just had one where he spent over $100 on one, and the guy didn't ship it in a box. He shipped it in an envelope. And so the bo- the box that it came in was just totally smashed, Jeez. which you know cuts uh, the value of, of that. Yeah, um, he actually so he returned it, and 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 now it's have the hassle. Tread the guy won't give his money back, and then so it, it, he's kind of quit doing this because it's just it's just too painful to to go mm. through. Yeah, it's um. That's, I mean, that's, I have six pop vinyls that are still in the box and the rest of mine, I just threw the boxes out because I didn't, you know, I mean, it's just kind of to, to show your nerdum. It's not really for, for me, the collectability, unless it's like my limited edition, like Mr. Robot one and my, (laughs) my eye zombie one that Mike got me for my birthday last year. So like those are still like, I'm collectible, but still in the box in prime condition. But most of mine are still in the box just because they're easier to stack and, you know, keep track of that way rather than just having all these free flowing little pop vinyls. So it's like I just have basically a whole shelf that's just filled with all these little pop vinyl boxes. Well, I've only got two and they're both Christmas oriented. So that's all I got. Well, you can get some more Dragon Con if you want. That's true. (laughs) Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about everything to do with uh, Dragon Con next week because we'll have our um, what, we have a media mixer on Thursday night and then everything starts uh, going on Friday. So we'll have more of that for you guys next week. 
And I also want to talk a little bit about Boston because I was up there for Walker Stalker this past weekend, and um, it was a really good show. I got to sit down with um, Michael Cutlass, uh, Scott Wilson, and Irony Singleton and get some videos for the panels that we're going to have um, at Dragon Con. So we'll have a, a couple more big-name um well, not on the panel, but like exclusive stuff we'll be showing during the panel, which is kind of cool. And um, a little um, potential, not really spoiler, but teaser for fans of the OA. I've been kind of grilling Scott Wilson every time I've seen him about when it's going to start filming and if it is filming or what we know. And um, I'm not entirely sure he was supposed to tell me this, um, but he told me he's not going to be in season two. But if they have a season three, they want him back for that. So um, take take uh, from that which what you will as far as what that means for where season two will be filmed. Um, if you watch season one and you know how it ends, then you probably wonder how the heck there can be a second season, um, which is what I'm wondering too. So the fact that Scott uh, will not be in it kind of uh, you can do a lot of speculation there as to to what the storyline could possibly be and and where it could be. Um, based so um, i haven't seen the show and just from what you're saying right now i'm kind of intrigued by it by the fact like all these cryptics like where how does this how does the season end to where like he's not in the he's not in the second season but he could be in the third season i'm curious you need you need to watch it man it's a it's a good show i have like a ton of things i just finally caught up with game of thrones now so I'm taking a breather before I start whatever next series I'm going to watch. <laughs> Just in time for the season finale. Exactly. Um, and I'm currently watching uh, the um, uh, the Marvel uh, Defender show. Nice. Which I've heard is really good. Yeah. It, uh, I, the first two episodes are a little too slow. But it takes a little while for them all to get together. But yeah. once they're together, then things really get moving. Um, and Kristen Ritter is just killing it. Um, she's got some lines that are just hilarious. Uh, uh, she, she, uh, when she meets uh, Daredevil in, in his costume, um, she walks away, and as she's walking away, um, she, this is the first time she's seen the Daredevil up close, and she goes, nice ears. <laughs> and he goes, they're horns. <laughs> she's like, whatever. <laughs> I, I still need to finish Iron Fist. I have been working my way through it and he he's certainly the weakest of the yeah. four characters oh yeah um and i i did not watch iron fist because i did i i the reviews weren't very good and i just no. didn't want to spend the time so it took me a little while to figure out who he was and what it was all about um if you haven't seen even if you haven't seen any of the shows you can st- still get into the defenders pretty quick because they do give you some background and it's been like with Luke Cage, it's been a while um, since his his story um, came out for the for the, the Defenders uh, story. Um, but uh, there's but Kristen Ritter is just absolutely killing it. I mean, she's so good in it. Awesome. Um, well, that's ten episodes. Is that right? Ten episodes. I think it's only I think eight. So, yeah. Is it eight? I don't remember. I think it's, I'm, I'm, I think it's eight. I'm on uh, episode six right now. Okay. Um, well, that just came out, so we'll uh, we'll we'll give that a couple of weeks before we we delve into too much information on it. Um, same thing with Game of Thrones. Um, last week's episode was uh, 
pretty insane. Um, <laughs> so I, I will say that we do want to talk about the season finale on next week's podcast. Um, so in a week from now, if you haven't seen the Game of Thrones um, podcast or the episode yet, um, we'll we'll do, of course, a warning before we get into it on the podcast. But we're definitely oh, going to talk about we're, it. We're just going to go full spoilers. Well, I mean, to, to, to a certain <laughs> yeah. degree, I think. I mean, even what happened, it was funny because um, being in Boston, um, I didn't get to see it live, live on Sunday mm. night, even though the episode had leaked in Spain and basically yeah. everyone had already seen it. Um, I had not. And the fact that it had leaked in Spain and I didn't like spoilers didn't crop up on social media that I saw um, is really impressive. So yeah. I, I had no idea what happened Sunday night. And then I watched it at the airport on my phone on Monday morning. And <laughs> I was like literally freaking out. It's probably the most stressful episode of Game of Thrones ever. And um, it's, oh my God. If you haven't seen it yet um, and you're watching Game of Thrones, make sure you catch up soon because between last week's episode and then whatever happens in this finale, you're not going to be able to avoid it on social media. Yeah. So. Um, finale's going to be good. I'm finale excited. is going to be great. I think even the last episode could have been a great uh, season finale, honestly, I, with that last scene. To be that last scene, yes, great. But I found the episode to be a little lacking, to be honest. I thought the... Lacking uh, in what? <laughs> like, it had literally everything in it. I don't know. I just expected more from um, the whole, you know, group of seven going out to to capture a White Walker and whatever. Like, I I wanted more action. Like, it, I felt the buildup was more than the delivery. Like I, I personally, my favorite episode of the season is the one with um, where we first see the dragon actually take on the army. I forget which episode. It might have been like two episodes ago or something. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't with, long ago. With that big battle scene in, like that was amazing. And then this one, I was, I was just like, uh, just because of how mm-hmm. it did take me out of it, of how unbelievable it was. Was it the travel times? Because that's literally what every site is writing about not, online, not, not about even, the travel was, times. <laughs> yeah, see, I wasn't even so much bothered by the travel times. It's just like, okay, they're all on this little island, I guess, this little rock island, and like, there are so many White Walkers surrounding them, and it's just like, oh, we're just going to dive into the whole one versus one kind of thing, you know, where... Because that would never happen. Like, they would just swarm, and they'd be swallowed up, and it'd be over. But, of course, it's TV and movies and fantasy, and so that's not going to happen. I don't Fair know. Enough. I just I <laughs> wanted more from it. All right. Um, we'll talk <laughs> about it more, the, more the, next week, because I'm, like, I'm totally going to say something that's going to end up spoiling it for somebody, because I totally don't agree with you, but I'm not going to dive into specifics. <laughs> yeah, we specifics can talk next week. It. Well, you know, the final scene on Longmere was really cool, too, so. <laughs> you need to watch oh, Game Mike. of Thrones, Mike, so you, you can need talk to, about You it. need to get in it. <laughs> You've got a while, because I don't think the last season is going to premiere until the end of 2018, possibly even the beginning of 2019, so there's time. Yeah. Um, all of that being said, uh, let's dive into the box office before we have a three-hour-long podcast this week. Um, <laughs> let's... Uh, <laughs> Um, we actually had a little bit of a surprise at the box office because Mike predicted Annabelle would come in first with uh, 25 to 28, and it was actually the Hitman's Bodyguard that came in. Yeah, it was a it was a really bad weekend. Uh, but yeah, what was it? 
I, I mean, it's just a horrible weekend. Uh, it's one of this this whole weekend has just been um, just uh, this whole summer has been pretty bad at the box office. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, with uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard coming in first, bringing in twenty one million. Annabelle mm-hmm. uh, Creation coming in second with fifteen point six million, and Logan Lucky coming in third with seven million um that was really sad to me because that one had a production budget yeah. of 29 million and it's such a good movie it is such a good movie like logan lucky was definitely the best one out of the bunch to come out last week yeah and hopefully maybe it'll boost up a little bit um this weekend or next weekend uh, we don't have a lot of big movies coming yeah. out um this weekend or next weekend so in fact there's no major releases on on labor day weekend so maybe there's some hope for Logan maybe. lucky I mean, um it's definitely worth it i think we're still going to be looking at some pretty abysmal numbers for these coming up yeah. weeks which is why probably movie pass is going like yes as we talk <laughs> about because i mean that'll put people in seats i think well, I, and, yeah. I, and so we've got it. The the there's one fairly big movie. It's an animated movie called Leap that's coming out, um, but I don't see that doing a great box office. Um, it's actually a really good movie, and especially if you're into dance and ballet, um, the the ballet sequences, the dance sequences are amazing in the film. They actually got real um, Paris opera um, ballet dancers to uh to demonstrate for them the animators in order to to do the film but i i i think uh uh, hitman's bodyguard is going to come in number one this weekend um and it's going to be low this can be a very bad box office this weekend Uh, but i think hitman's bodyguard will be do something like nine to ten million dollars and come in first and i think annabelle creation is still going to be second i think it's it's got some legs on it I wonder what like the lowest box office weekend of all time is. Ever. I don't. I don't know, but this this could be it because um, there there are a lot of small films that are coming out. There's a ton of small films well, then, that are coming out. Well, then next week will probably beat this week, I think, because even less films are coming right. out. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's why that's why there are no major uh, releases coming out on Labor Day weekend because traditionally. Labor Day weekend has been really bad at the box office because everybody sees it as the last chance, especially you live in the East, to go do something fun outside. And so a lot of people go on short trips um, or they do a lot of stuff that are outside activities. um, And so the movie going audience is very, very low. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same same problem with Memorial Day. Uh, this year was actually the worst Memorial Day weekend box office since 1999. And uh, I think it's on the flip side of it. Everyone sees that as like the first weekend to like go outside and start doing summer stuff. So it's uh, yeah. I can't I'm, I'm finding like the worst movie openings, but I'm not necessarily seeing the worst box office. Um, we should do some research on that because next weekend may be a contender for it. Um <laughs> We'll, we'll, do, well, when, we'll do some digging. <laughs> when, you're, when your box office has the nut job two and the emoji movie is number five and number six, that tells you how bad the box office is. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Um, well, all of that being said, let's uh, dive into our film reviews for this week. Uh, let's start out with Patty Cakes, because I have heard so much about that on social media, and I've not seen it, so I know nothing about it. So how about one of you lovely gentlemen set it up? <laughs> Uh, I'll do it. Okay. Um, so, 
uh, there's a young woman, she's in her early 20s, named Patricia, and uh, she dreams of being a rapper and being famous. Um, in fact, she's, a, she's got a number of, of na rapper names like Killer P and Patty Cakes. Um, she lives with her mom, who used to be a singer and basically is going from man to man and drinking a lot. Um, Patty works at a bar um, and um, is basically supporting the family. And she meets up with a friend of hers and decide that they're going to try to uh, make it in the rapping business. And along the way, they meet another friend, um, a rather strange guy that lives out in the forest um, in, a, in a shack. And he plays the guitar and can do all this other stuff. And they form a band. And Patty Case gets to rap. And that's what it is. And it's also basically a quest to try to get out of her hometown uh, in New Jersey. Cool. Um, well, let's let's dive straight into it. On a scale of one to five, how bored were you guys during this one? Um, I'd give it a two. You know, there's not... I was. It's a pretty interesting story, and the songs, the rap songs in the film are great. Um, they're the best part of it. Um, it does kind of slow down a little bit in the middle, but um, the the main girl who plays Patty, um, Danielle McDonald, she is just amazing. Like I had never seen her in anything before this, and like this is definitely going to be her her breakout role for Hollywood. She is just wonderful in it. Well, here, here's the amazing thing is that she's from Australia and she's never rapped before. <laughs> <laughs> this was, so this was her first time, first time. Uh, this I'm pulling it up now on IMBD to kind of see like her, her background. Has she done anything? Before? Yeah, she's, been, she's, she's done, done a lot of stuff. Things. Yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, she, um, she's done a lot of TV um, yeah, stuff. I see like American Horror Story in the middle, Two Broke Girls. So she looks like she's kind of had like one-off episodes and stuff yeah. um, before. She was girl number one in Glee in 2011. So that's yeah, cool. No. So so relatively a, a new talent to yeah. the screen. Yeah, so she's, I, I think we'll be seeing is, more of her. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I give it a two also. There is a couple places where the film drags a little bit, but her performance... And it's not just when she raps, she's also just really good on screen. Um, and she has, she has some nice uh, chemistry with her, uh, her, I'm looking up the guys who uh, plays uh, her potential love interest. Um, and of course I can't find it because IMDB stinks at trying to find stuff. <laughs> it does. Um. Well, let's uh, let's move on to eye rolling. Were you guys kind of like bored or not bored at all? Um, annoyed at all? I guess that's the word I'm looking for. I haven't had enough coffee yet today. Um, did you find any part of it annoying, or were you rolling your eyes in any part of it? I honestly can't say I did. You know, I'd give it a one. Like I wasn't rolling my eyes. You know, it's a really interesting story. Um, I very much got a eight mile feel to it. Um, you know, it's, you know, she's just coming up, she's wanting to get out of, her, out of her city, and, you know, rap is her outlet, and it's just a really good story, so, yeah, I don't think I was rolling my eyes during anything. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, it, it's a it's a really it keeps you entertained throughout, and it's mostly because of her personality, and the fact that she can find um, just about any situation where she can do a rap, and um, it. I mean, she even there's a couple times where she kind of has a rival uh, that's in the neighborhood um, that is always tormenting her, and there's a portion where they do a rap off and. She, um, she's just amazing in it, uh, just incredible. And then that final, that final performance is it just blows. She just blows the roof off. Um, it's a it's a wonderful moment in the film. Cool. Um, so I'm assuming she would probably be your your pick for uh, best performance. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Was there any performance that were uh, performances that were particularly bad or stuck out to you guys as a worst performance? Um, I mean, there's, there's this guy who plays, he's a cop and he kind of, he went to high school with, um, the mom and so they kind of get together and he's just, yeah, he, he wasn't doing it for me. He was just a weird kind of side character. I felt. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, there, there, there's some really good performances, um. The guy that's the uh, the guy that lives out in the the shack in the woods and is the love interest of, of Patty. His name is I'm going to try to do this and, mm-hmm. and, and try not to do an Emma Mamudu <laughs> Athey. Um, oh, and he's wow. he's done a couple of things. Um, he was uh, he was in the Circle. Um, he's also in Watch Room, which is a movie that's coming up next year. He's got a bunch of stuff. He's also was in uh, The Detour and The Get Down, the both TV shows. Um, uh, so, anyway, I, I thought he was, uh, he, he's really good in it, in it also. Um, he's kind of a strange character, uh, very mysterious and um, very, doesn't say a lot. Um, no. But, but he, he gives a really good performance and, and uh, it's just a fun movie to go see. Um, and if you, especially if you're a rap fan, because uh, I, I'm not I'm not a big big fan of rap, but but I lo- I love the songs in this film. Um, the songs actually, fun fact for you guys, were um, all written by the the director. director. So yeah. um, wrote all the the lyrics, uh, Jeremy Jasper. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I saw that when the when the credits were going by, like it was he was writing he wrote them all. So I mean, cool. if he doesn't make it as a director, he definitely can work as a <laughs> as a rapper. <laughs> um, well, this one wasn't filmed in Atlanta. Was it filmed in New Jersey? I'm not seeing anything online actually about where it was filmed. I, I would think it I would almost have to so. be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, overall, on a scale of one to five on the official Atlas scale, what would you guys rate this one? I would give it a, a solid four. A solid Atla. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought her performance is just top notch. And, um, you know, I enjoyed the music a lot. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it the same. Um, I, it, it's funny because this film has been talked about since it premiered at Sundance, and it got bought by, um, I remember who bought it, but it, it, they paid a, quite a bit of money for this film. And I'm not sure it's going to have a huge impact in the box office, but um, if you want to go see a fun film um, that's really well done and a, a, a breakout star, then go see this film. 
Yeah, this was actually um, the second largest deal of the Sundance Festival this year behind Amazon's purchase of uh, The Big Sick. So they, Fox uh, Searchlight purchased it for $9.5 million, and it was uh, produced on a budget of $1 million. So pretty pretty nice turnout already just from from the uh, purchase of the distribution rights. Yeah, and it and it also did really well on the on the uh, film festival circuit. It won a number of awards, um, and it was nominated both at the Cannes Film Festival and at um, at the Sundance Film Festival. Cool. Well, that one is out this Friday, as is um, Good Time, which we're going to talk about next, um, which I guess is probably the reason I'm seeing Robert Pattinson on the cover of every magazine at the store. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do one of you guys want to set this one up for us? Yeah, I'll, ta- I'll take this one. So um, Good Time basically follows Robert Pattinson and his uh, mentally handicapped brother, Nick, who is played by... I believe it's um, Ben City Saf Safdie, I think that's how you Safdie? pronounce his name. Safdie? Who S A F D I E Safdie, who is also one of the directors. It's directed by the Safdie brothers, so Ben and Josh they have directed it, and he also plays the brother. And basically, um, they're in need of money, so they decide to, or more of a Robert Pattinson decides to rob a bank. And the bro- his brother, they, he ends up getting uh, caught by the police. And so now Robert needs to get him out of jail because they are really close as brothers. And so Robert needs $10,000 to get him out of jail, to bail him out of jail. And it's basically this, the film takes place over this one night as Robert tries to do what he can to get that $10,000, um, and it's just basically this one wild ride as he tries to get that money. Um, well, a couple of quick notes I want to make here. I just saw the film poster for this, and I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get Robert Pattinson with bleach blonde hair out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's, it it <laughs> that doesn't start said, out like that. He, he has normal <laughs> brown hair, and then, you know... Some things happen. He's, he's wanted by the cops. <laughs> so, of course, at one there point, he... He dyes his hair, and it yeah, it turns out <laughs> blonde, and it's it's crazy. Um, well, uh, this this film also received a six minute standing ovation after its uh, screening at the uh, the Cannes Film Festival. So I want to going in saying that um, how how bored were you guys in this? Because this seems like it's been pretty well received with other audiences. Yeah, no, I I'd, I'd give it a one. You know, it is it is a really fast paced film, and um, just the cinematography is really fascinating it's really electric and the with the score it's very you know it's very uh adrenaline pumping so like i really wasn't bored with it yeah i'd give it a one also and it is because it it once they decide to rob the bank then things just go at breakneck speed for almost the whole film all the way through and um he Pattinson is a man who's determined to to get his brother out of prison any way he can, whether it's through bail, or uh, which he cons his uh, his girlfriend, played by Jennifer Jason Lee, 
um, into trying to get money from her and her mother um, or to whether just breaking them out of jail. And um, um, it's it's an amazing it's uh, it's a really amazing movie. It's it's incredibly well done um, and it's got a ton of twists and turns in it and some some you don't see coming. Uh, so how about on the the eye rolling factor? Were you guys annoyed at any part of it, or did it stay pretty pretty solid throughout? Um, I give it a two. There were a few a few moments um, that I was rolling my eyes just because of how like outrageous it was. Um, I don't want to spoil anything yet because there are some scenes that are like what, but um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of times when you're going, okay, that's uh, pushing it a little bit. Uh, so I'd give it a two also. Um, but uh, there's, it's still, it, we'll go into a little bit more on why this is such a good movie. Um, so for for best performance, would you give that to Robert Pattinson? I'd give it, yeah. I mean, this is, I would say this is probably his best performance ever, you know, I was really impressed with Robert Pattinson in this because, you know, everybody knows, oh, Robert Pattinson, that's the guy from Twilight and everybody judges him off that. But I mean, he is he is a really good actor between this and um, he did Lost City of Z that came out uh, earlier this year. And like he's he's just been impressing me more and more. Yeah, so. it's definitely him. it's definitely him. Now, I don't know whether it's. I don't know if enough people are going to see this film that he'll be able to get an Oscar nomination out of it, but I think he can win some some of the um, indie awards and some film critic awards um, because it's it's a really riveting performance, um, and and he's the reason to see this film. You know, it's I think it's kind of not to take us off on a tangent or anything, but um, I mean, I I think he is a really good actor, and I think kind of after you do a teeny bopper movie like Twilight, the kind of approach to your career has to be very thought out and very strategic, almost like Leonardo DiCaprio after Titanic. You know, we didn't really see him um, do a lot right after Titanic and um, you know he did some more indie things and he was kind of more strategic with the roles that he picked because he didn't want to get labeled a certain way and I think Robert Pattinson has kind of taken a similar approach he's done a lot of indie work you know he's a very talented actor but he's trying to separate himself from the whole Twilight thing which is the same thing that his co-star Kristen Stewart has done yeah I mean she's, she's become she's become one of the queens of the indie circuit um, with some really good, good performances uh, of recently. And um, so it's it's very interesting because I'm not a fan of the Twilight films, although I did kind of enjoy the last one just because the audience was so into it. I've um, still yet to see any of them. Yeah, well, you're, you're lucky in <laughs> so, that yeah. point. But, uh, but it's, it's, I, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that both these, these two, that those two leads would have been able to do anything um other than some schlocky stuff but their their careers are just taking off they are they are um so on that note was there any uh performances in this one that stuck out as particularly bad to you guys um i wasn't too impressed by uh jennifer jason lee i mean her character to begin with is more of a one-off like she's there in the beginning to try to that um, Robert Pattinson kind of cons out of the, the $10,000, but then 
after that, you know, she's gone. And it's like, she, I wasn't sold on her. I would have liked to see more of her, more more from her. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a little interesting because they kind of, once he can't get the money uh, from her, it basically, they, we kind of forget about her for the rest of the film, which is interesting because I think he could have, that character could have reached out to her to try to get some help. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, but she's not asked to do very much. Also, that's the other thing. Her her character is pretty shallow, um, uh, character-wise. Well, obviously, uh, this one also not shot in Atlanta, so not a very high Atlanta recognition factor. <laughs> um, no. I'm also I'm also not seeing where this one was filmed. Do you guys I think have it, any it was all New guesses? York. It was all, it's all New, New York. York. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so overall, on the uh, one to five on the official Atlas scale, what would you guys give this one? I'd give it another 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 Atla. You know, solid solid four for me. You know, I I really enjoyed the performances of it, and just the, it has such a different feel to it than most other movies. Like, um, it feels almost to me something like Nicholas, uh, Winding Rifen, which I'm probably butchering his name, but you know he did um, the Neon Demon the other day. Um, last was that last year or this year? I don't remember. But like, it just has this, you know, this very, it's this dark but electric feel to it. Gotcha. Yeah, I give it a I give it an Atla also. Um, it's and it's mostly because Robert Pattinson is so riveting in his performance. Um, it's just a it's just a powerful performance by him. So both of those movies are out um, this Friday. The right is that correct? The twenty fifth. Yeah, they're both out okay. in Atlanta here. In Atlanta, they might be playing. I think I know some of them came out earlier this month in other state in other um, cities. So, other cities but yeah definitely check check them out both out I would say they're both worth seeing um, I can actually tell you if they're opening wide uh, let's see uh, I think Good Time may be limited still to Atlanta and some other major cities um, I believe Patty Cates is opening wide um, obviously look for Patty Cates for both these films look for more of your theaters that uh, show a lot of indie films. Gotcha. Well, cool. Um, Well, for next week, um, since we are in such a kind of lull of film releases, um, we're going to have one film that we're reviewing next weekend, uh, or next week, Crown Heights. And then the rest of our show will probably be all about Dragon Con. Um, But I'm also going to be going to the Jeffrey Karras Fashion Show on Monday, which I've never been to, but it's a a pretty big event here in Atlanta. So I'm excited to check that out and see what all that's about. Um, And then uh, hopefully we'll have some some other fun happenings that we'll be able to talk about, too. But if not, Dragon Con. Dragon Con. (laughs) Um, Oh, cool. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Again, this is the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at Fanbolt.com. I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of Shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney with LastOneToLeadTheTheater.com and ATLCW.TV. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.